0: But it's just, I just wanted to thank him. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. We're going through another trial with my granddaughter. And um, the doctors are trying to find out what's causing it. And it's, don't seem to have the answer yet, for sure. And... But I just want to be sure to thank the Lord. Woo, glory. Woo. He's all, woo, glory. Woo, glory. Woo, glory. Oh, glory. Praise his name. Woo, glory. Woo. You know, they say we're crazy when we shout and that. Woo. Woo. Woo.
1: I don't know if you'll get your microphone back or not, Gail. Oh, oh. oh he's so good. He's so good.
0: He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always there. And I thank him. I better get it. Back. <laughs> and I love everybody. <laughs> oh, you know God it's so good. <laughs> he knows how to pour it out on us. <laughs> oh, I just, I love him and I love
1: all of you too. Oh. You know what you just saw? You, you saw an example of what the scripture means when it says, Be thankful in all circumstances. Amen. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Thank you Gail.
0: I feel like I should go sit down now. (laughs) We're going to be reading this morning from 1 Peter 4, 2 verses 10 and 11. Will you stand, please, if you can? Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank Thank you. you
0: for your attention.
1: To the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Gail. A couple things, quickly. Um, uh, Julia and I are going to be on a little journey next week, so we won't uh, be in service, but Bruce Tomlin will be in the pulpit. Yay, Bruce. <laughs> um. And I know that uh, you always welcome the Talmans when they're with us. Um, we would ask for your prayers. We're going to be on the road on um, motorcycles. And um, it's an 1,100-mile journey we're going to take. And we read about a rather tragic accident in New Hampshire uh, this week. where no, They're not quite sure what happened, but there was a group of motorcyclists and Apparently, a vehicle, vehicle drove right through the middle of them, and several of them were killed. So, you know, I don't ride in fear. Um, you know, if Jesus takes me, I know where I'm going. But we would still like to make it through safely. <laughs> so, we would appreciate your prayers while we're, we're on this journey. My... Uh, the sermon today, and, and well, I'm not sure how this is going to work out because I've been encouraged not to go too long today because we've got to make a decision uh, that I think is going to happen by 1130 about whether we're in the park or in the gym. Um, we'll see how this goes. Um, but uh, today and the next two messages after this are going to deal with our mission. Um, our mission statement. Does anybody know what our mission statement is? Uh, let's show, yeah, this is audience participation. Go ahead. It's on the front of your bulletin. Yes, that's it. And hopefully, um, there'll be a time when you won't have to look at your bulletin to know what that is. All right? Hopefully, as uh, after these three messages, or maybe if they turn into four... Sometimes that happens with me. But this will be cemented in your mind. You'll know what the statement, uh, the mission statement of our church is reach out in service, connect people with Jesus, grow Christ like disciples. That's really uh, rooted in Scripture and what God has commanded us to do. So I want to begin with our first, uh, the first. Part of our mission statement today, reach out in service. Um, first of all, we need to ask ourselves, well, if we're going to reach out in service, what is service? If you look in the dictionary, um, the definition is, uh, takes up about almost, you know how dictionaries are arranged in two columns. It takes up about half of one column because it deals with all kinds of things. It talks about uh, what people do in restaurants. You know, we used to call them waiters and waitresses. Now we call them servers. Um, It talks about what you do on the tennis court. That's service. It talks about what you do if you're in the military. That's service. So, in the context that we're going to be viewing service in, here's our definition. It is any act that benefits, helps, or meets the need of another. Any act that benefits, helps, or meets the need of another. So what does that look like? Well, Jesus addressed that. He talked about that in Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 41. And Jesus is kind of telling a story here. It's, it's one of the end of time things where we're standing before God. And Jesus says, And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So ultimately, any service we offer is really service we offer to Jesus, isn't it? And yet, he gives us a list of things here that are acts of service. Alright? Um... What are those acts of service? Well, if we give somebody a cup of cold water. If we give them something to eat when they're hungry. If we give them clothes that they need when they need socks or a warm hat or a coat to wear in the winter time. If we visit them when they're sick or in prison or jail because those two are different. Those are acts of service. But are those the only acts of service? No. Who said that? Thank you, Jan. No. Well, there's all kinds of things we can do to serve people, aren't there? If if I've got a friend who comes to me and shares a need in their lives, and I pray for them, have I served them? Sure I have. Look at our definition. I've got to look at it again. It's any act that benefits, helps, or meets the need of another. Does prayer help people? Is it good for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's all kinds of things. We, a word of encouragement. Just a listening ear is an act of service for some people. They just need someone to listen and be there when they're going through stuff. There are all kinds of things we can do to serve people. So, why do we serve? Why do we serve? Well, first of all, we're commanded to serve in the Scripture. The passage that Gail read for us today is is the Apostle Peter telling us, you need to serve. That's what you need to do. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So we're, we're told in the Scripture that's what... Listen, God has given us all these resources, not just the gifting He's given us, but He's given us talents and abilities and experiences in our lives that we can use to serve others and, and resources of various kinds. Sometimes it is the financial resources He's given us that we can use To serve others. We are commanded to serve in the Scripture. Another reason why we serve is because to serve is to follow the example of Jesus. Matthew 20, 25-28. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead... Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. By the way, there's Jesus telling us we are to serve, huh? And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus, He, was all, he served all the time. Go back to the definition. Look at what He was doing continually. Continually. Right? What what did Jesus do to serve people? Help me out here. Audience participation time. It's okay. He taught. He gave His life. He blessed the children. He, He healed people. He fed people. He loved people. He instructed them. He met them where they were at. He corrected them. That's a helpful thing, isn't it? Why would you want somebody to go down the wrong path without bringing them back? Boy, I I appreciate that the work of God. He leads us in paths of righteousness for His namesake, and He doesn't want us to stray from those paths. By the way, that can be an act of service too. Helping bring someone back. So we've... To serve, one of the reasons we serve is to follow the example of Jesus. Another reason, to serve is the most tangible way of expressing God's love for others. We can talk about how much we love people all we want. We can. But you know the old saying, talk is cheap. It's when you put it into action when you begin to serve others in some way, that your love becomes real to them. Love is not merely an emotion. God has called us to love those in our community and reach out to them. We can talk about, again, how much we love them all we want, but in order to genuinely love people, we must do more than talk. 1 John three sixteen through 18 This is how we know what love is. Christ laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives to our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? So we could say, I love... What did James say? Oh, you know, people come with needs. Oh, I'll pray that God will bless you. Go go on, on. I'll pray for you. And there's nothing wrong with praying. That's an act of service. But listen, if they have a tangible need that's right in front of your face, we need to try to to do something about that need if we have the capability or ability to do so. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. And then... Another reason we serve is because service connects us with people God wants us to reach. Service is a way to connect with folks you might never, ever connect with otherwise. Right? You know, I, uh, I honestly don't have a lot of connection with homeless people. Uh, We had um, some folks camped out on our property earlier this week because um, I think they've been staying in maybe the adjoining apartments and that's one of those things where, you know, if you have an apartment and you let people in that are not supposed to be there, you you can lose your house and you're homeless too. So they ended up on the street again and, they couldn't stay on that property, so they came over here for a while. And we did all we could to help them. We, we called Hope. Hope deals with homeless situations. Hope was able to come and share resources with them that they could take advantage of. We rustled up a pair of shoes and some socks. Put together a sack lunch. You know what? But that's not something that happens with me every day. I have very little connection with homeless people unless I make an effort to do so. Unless I'm engaged in a ministry like our center or something that feeds homeless people. Service is a way to connect with folks that you might not ever connect with otherwise. And it's not just the homeless That can cover a lot of territory. You know, we have an outreach committee in our church now. Did you know that? We have an outreach committee. Um, We we engaged the services of Dick Sieber, who has an organization called Engage. And um, he's helping us to be more effective in our outreach. And so we now have an outreach committee. Pamela Dudley is the person we would call our champion. Jason is a team leader. And then the folks that I know for sure, I'm not sure, I think the committee's growing, but I know Bob Evans and Bob Lewis and Susan Perez and Brenda Everett and I think Maeve has been part of that and I don't know who else. But the goal is, I mean, we, you know what we've done as a church? We've done a good job of what I call one-hit wonders. We do these nice outreach events like Trunk or Treat. And we see people come once a year, but we don't have any kind of ongoing contact with those people. And so the goal now is to engage in service to people that will allow us to see them again and again and again and to build relationships with those people. And so, part of the job of the outreach committee is to gather information. What are the needs that exist in our community? Okay? Number two, what what need can we as a congregation help meet? And what does the ministry look like then that will help us meet that need? All right? And then go to work. Find a way then that we can do something in our church. What's our plan? How are we going to do that? How often are we going to do that? What what need do we meet? What people will be involved in meeting that need? But the goal ultimately is to have ongoing contact, to meet those people again and again and again and develop relationships with them. And you know what? We want people to come through the doors of our church and be a part of us, don't we? And I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier for them to do that when they know us. Yeah. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. This single verse reminds us of some important truths. First, it reminds us that all of us are gifted. And you know, I've heard people say, Oh, I don't have a gift. (laughs) wrong Oh, If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've got a gift or gifts. Secondly, it reminds us that our gifts are not given to us for our own benefit. God gave you gifts and talents and abilities and experiences for the benefit of other people, to be used to serve others. Jesus has called us to serve one another. So we're not to be like some kind of sponge that soaks all this stuff up, but we're to be like sponges that soak it up and then are squeezed out for the benefit of others that God wants us to reach. To be a follower of Jesus means that we seek to serve like Jesus did. In fact, uh, one of the songs we sang this morning was all about that. To be a follower of Jesus means we seek to serve like He did. And all of us should have a heart for service. Now, your abilities or your gifts or your talents determine your area of service, but your attitude... Determines the effectiveness of your service. So what is required then of someone who serves? What's required? Well, the first thing, serving means being available. I remember... um, When we pastored in Eastern Oregon, the first time we ever decided to do a work and witness trip, at least while I was there, our team leader put up big signs everywhere that said, God doesn't want your capability, He wants your availability. Because there are lots of people who say, Oh, you know, uh, uh, it's a construction project. I don't know anything about construction. I've never hammered a nail in my life. You know, on and on. Listen, if God calls you to serve, He will equip you to serve. So we have to be available. Serving like Jesus means making yourself available for service. One day Jesus was walking down the road to Jericho and some blind men started yelling at Him. Matthew 20, verse 30. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Well, the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder. I love that scene. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. And called them. What do you want me to do? He asked. Jesus stopped. Jesus was a busy guy. He was on his way to somewhere. Listen, if you want to be used by God, you must be willing to be available. In life, there are many opportunities that will yell out at us as we're passing by. And we have to be willing to be interrupted, to have our lives interrupted in some way. You know, most of Jesus' miracles, most of His ministry to people like the healings and things we were talking about earlier, they were interruptions. The people He healed, the blind man, the lame man, the paralyzed man, the dead child, all were interruptions. His first miracle was an interruption at a wedding. Jesus it says in this passage, stop and allowed himself to be interrupted. Proverbs 3.27 says this, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow, when you now have it with you. And can help them in that moment in time. You have to be willing to be Interrupted to be stopped. The Bible says we're not to wait until tomorrow if we can serve someone now. Servant hearted people don't procrastinate, they're spontaneous and they're sensitive to the needs around them. John Wesley's motto was this do all the good you can, by all the means you can, by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, and at all the times you can. To all the people you can as long as you can. It's a lot of cans. We must be available. We must be willing to step out of our comfort zones and ask, God, what do you want me to do? But that's one of our prayers, one of the prayers I pray regularly for me and for us. A willingness to change, a willingness to risk, A willingness to be uncomfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable. Hurting people are all around us. So what keeps us from being available? You know, many people say they want to be used by God, but the truth is they're just not available to be used by God. And what keeps us from being available? Well, probably the biggest culprit is busyness. We're just so busy. My plate's already full. We're so busy doing other things that we don't have time to serve Jesus. You have to... its You know what do they say? Um, If something's important enough to you, you'll make room in your schedule. You have to make time in your schedule to serve. You know, at fancy hotels, they have this person called a concierge. They're paid to do whatever you ask them to do. They're paid to be servants. If you need something done, they will do it for you. Rick Warren tells about the time he was in Washington, D.C. and had a page of the Bible he needed to get framed. He didn't know where there was a framing store in Washington, D.C., so he went to the concierge and the guy got it all fixed up for him. He instantly knew what to do with it. Imagine going to that person and saying, well, I'm really sorry to bother you, but could you? No, they're paid to serve. That's why they're there. That's what they do. Real servants don't mind being interrupted. If we're going to be like Jesus, we must be in the business of serving. It needs to be a priority in our lives. And for that to happen, we have to make room for it. Right? Another thing that keeps us from serving is perfectionism. That means that people don't serve because they're afraid they don't have what it takes or afraid that they won't do it right. There are a lot of people who have that excuse for not serving. And if you're waiting for everything to be perfect or in place before you serve, then you'll probably never serve. Ecclesiastes 11.4 Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. In the message it reads, If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Real servants do the best they can with what they have for Jesus Christ today. They don't wait. Now, I believe in excellence which means offering God the very best you have, but that doesn't mean perfection. None of us are perfect. We all have strengths and weaknesses. So in ministry, I believe in the do your best principle. That means it doesn't have to be perfect for God to bless it. That's why attitude is so important. Ability can be developed But attitude is hard to come by. I would much rather have one person who is willing but not necessarily capable over ten people who are able but not willing. Don't wait for conditions to be perfect before you serve. Offer what you have and God will bless it. Number two, serving means being enthusiastic. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Yeah, a lot of us memorize that verses kids in Sunday school. Serve the Lord with gladness. Ephesians 6, 7, Paul writes, Serve wholeheartedly. As if you were serving the Lord, not people. Colossians 3:23, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We have to serve with some level of enthusiasm. Do you serve the Lord with enthusiasm, or do you serve out of a spirit of compulsion, resentment, and dread? Serving like Jesus means embracing the opportunities that we have to serve. Jesus had an attitude of enthusiasm or wholeheartedness in everything He did. And likewise, we're to have an attitude of enthusiasm when we serve. Serving God should be a delight and not a duty. We serve not out of obligation, but with a sense of the great opportunity that has been given to us. We serve Him with enthusiasm because everything we have and everything we are has been given to us by God. Even our salvation. And let's be honest here. It's difficult to get involved in something you are not enthusiastic about. That your heart is not in. And believe me, if you do not serve God and, it, and others with enthusiasm, they'll know it. They'll know it. And one of the things that gets in the way of enthusiastic service is a sense of obligation. Obligation. I really don't want to do this, but it's the Christian thing to do, so I guess I will. With that attitude, we serve begrudgingly and our heart isn't in it. We might impress the folks we serve with and the folks we serve, but God knows our hearts and we don't score any points with Him if that's our attitude. Another attitude that gets in the way of enthusiastic service is apathy. We really don't care. We really don't care. Whether it's a matter of thinking that we won't make a difference or we just don't have a heart for people in need, our apathetic attitude keeps us us from serving with gladness or from serving at all. And fear can keep us from serving enthusiastically. Oh boy, I'm going to be way out of my comfort zone here. I've never done this before. I don't know these people. What if my efforts aren't well received? We need to remember that the key here is obedience. We are going to serve in obedience to God's call to do so. And if we go in obedience, we can be certain that God will go with us and there is no reason to fear. Serving means being enthusiastic. And finally, serving means being faithful. To serve Jesus, you must be available, enthusiastic, but you also must be faithful. That means you don't give up. You don't quit in the middle of your assignment. John 17, 4, Jesus said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. So I want to be able to say that when I could... I want to be able to say that when I get to heaven, don't you? I completed the work you gave me to do. And then I think Jesus' response will be, well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus was faithful in fulfilling the service God had given him to do. He didn't give up. He was persistent. And if we're going to be like Jesus, it means we're going to serve for as long as it takes, as long as we're alive. You may be retired from your job, but you never retire from serving. That got a resounding response. (laughs) So, what motivates us to keep on going? How do we stay faithful? Well, we have to remember that what we're doing is making an eternal difference in the world. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, And in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We do not know what thing we do in service that may seem insignificant. We do not know what impact that might have in someone's life. Years ago... Two teenage boys tried to come into a church service one night, but it was packed out and they couldn't find seats. They turned around and decided to to leave, but one usher said, Come on, guys, I'll find you a seat. He personally escorted them and found them two seats. That night, both those boys accepted Christ and became Christians. One of those boys was Billy Graham. And we know the work that Billy Graham... Did make the investment to serve one day you'll stand before God and he's going to say what did you do with what I gave you the talents, the abilities, the background the experiences, the freedom, the education and how will you respond you'll put here on earth to use what has been given you in service God has given you everything you need. It's up to you to use it because you can make a difference. Amen. Amen. God has called us to be available, enthusiastic, and faithful. In Hebrews 13:16, I leave you with this. Make sure you don't take things for granted. This is from the message Make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack and working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular, particular pleasure in acts of worship. A different kind of sacrifice that take place in kitchen and workplace and on the streets. Anywhere we can serve. Amen. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for your challenge to us to be faithful, available, enthusiastic servants following the example of Jesus. May we be a church that serves effectively, that makes an eternal difference, no matter how great or how small the task, makes an eternal difference in the lives of people for Jesus' sake. We ask in His name, Amen. Well, thank